0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I'm your host, Brian Montez, founder of Works and the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching and membership community. So congratulations is in order. If you've built a successful freelance business that has grown to the point where you need to hire, you have achieved a huge milestone. If you're already past the point of making your first hire and your team is now growing, well, congratulations is in order to you as well. So regardless of where you are with scaling your team and your business, whether you're at employee number one or employee number 100, this podcast focuses on everything related to people operations. We'll cover best practices, strategies, and solutions to help you build a sustainable and scalable business that is fueled by great people and a great culture. So if you're enjoying listening to this Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, please subscribe, give us a like, and give us a review. Your feedback will help us grow this podcast and we'll be able to positively impact more employers to help them build better work environments. Welcome to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, where we work alongside business owners to guide them through hiring employee number one and beyond, establishing your proactive HR systems and building high-performing teams to help successfully grow your business. I'm your host, Brian Montez, founder of Works and of the Entrepreneur to Employer community. Today, we're going to walk you through a six-step interview framework for building your dream team. Now, if this episode were airing two or three years ago, we may have felt the need to start with talking about why it was important to have a proven interview strategy designed to help identify individuals that will stick with your company. Now, it just seems that we're stating the obvious. With remote jobs continuing to expand and job seekers enjoying a global market of job openings to choose from, employers have to be better recruiters than ever to hire and retain top talent. According to the Society of Human Resource Management, also known as SHRM, The average cost per hire is $4,700, though some employers are estimating that this is really a three to four time position salary cost. So at the end of the day, regardless of what numbers you come up with, there is a hard number that is associated with every person that you hire. So no matter what the cost, it is money that most organizations don't want to spend more often than they have to, especially given the additional cost of unfilled positions. So in today's episode, we're going to make sure you're well set for your next search by discussing both what you need to include in your interviews and the tools you should have in place to ensure your overall interview process goes well. So first, we're going to talk through the interview itself. Now, there are several sections of the interview that should not be skipped. This is where you're probably going to want to write down this process, but we're also going to make sure that it's available in the show notes for you. First and foremost, the introduction. Set aside time in your interview process to build rapport and allow time for the candidate to adjust to the environment. Remember, this is supposed to be a conversation, not an interrogation. And remember, the candidate is going to most likely be nervous. They're in competition for something that they want and know that they can have to answer unknown questions to strangers to try and validate their own self-worth for this position. While it may come naturally to some, it does not come naturally to all. And you need to remember that. That does not necessarily mean that an individual is not well-suited for the position, so keep that in mind as you go through the conversation. Also remember, the more comfortable that you allow your interviewee to become, the better results you are likely to get, but be sure not to cross personal boundaries that may force the candidate to share something that they later regret. Small conversational talk can help a candidate relax, but after a candidate has disclosed personal details about young children or family plans or something else, They may wonder if they're disqualified for personal reasons other than professional ones. You can't stop them from volunteering information, but avoid asking those leading questions that may draw out a lot of personal information. Number two, work history. Begin with some open-ended questions that allow the candidate to choose the details that they want to share with you from their work history. Now, this is going to accomplish multiple things. Number one, it's going to help you learn about the candidate's professional history. Number two, it's going to help you understand how your candidate prioritizes his or her professional accomplishments and which results they view as most meaningful and relevant to the position. And third, it will help you gauge the candidate's communication style without specific guide rails to help keep the conversation within. Next, make sure you're actively listening and taking notes to ensure you're prepared to follow up when needed. This means turning the phone off, leaving the cell phone out of sight, not multitasking during this conversation this person has taken the time to show interest in your company. Show them the same level of respect back and give them your undivided attention and actively listen as they communicate with you. Number three, utilize competency-based interview questions. So, so far we've covered in our framework, number one, introduction. Number two, getting into work history. Number three is your competency-based interview questions. So, here you can use behavioral interview questions to assess the competencies and skills that the candidate's going to need and have to use to be successful in the position. Start by reviewing your posted job description. What competencies will be necessary to complete the responsibilities in this role? You need to understand what competencies are required if you expect them to understand it. Make sure you write these down. These are competencies that you need to measure and assess throughout the interview process. Then, as part of your process of creating competency-based interview questions, you're then going to want to draft a list of behavioral interview questions that are designed to measure those specific competencies. A simple Google search can help you find examples for these. Behavioral interview questions require a candidate to answer questions based on past experience rather than hypothetical questions. I mean, at the end of the day, we can all answer a hypothetical, but that doesn't show that we have the skills or that we've actually done the work required to accomplish that particular task. A great example of this is I go to hire a salesperson and I throw out a hypothetical question of, you know, last year, was there a month that was very, very slow in terms of lead generation? And the candidate says, oh yeah, March was terrible. We had very few leads coming in. Okay, so March was a slow month for you. So what did you do as a salesperson to increase your lead flow to make sure that you still hit your sales quotas? And at that point, you're going to start getting a lot of hypothetical responses oh, well, you know, we can do this, we can do that, we can, you know, double our amount of outbound calls, we can double the amount of emails we send out, they come up with hypotheticals as to what can be done to increase lead generation and deal flow, versus having them actually articulate a month where leads were very slow, and what did they as the individual do to overcome that? They need to be able to cite their plan and what they executed on, and if they can't, there may be a concern on that competency base. So another good example is if you're hiring an accountant. Competency required may be data analysis. A behavioral interview question to gauge this skill may ask the candidate to tell you about a time when they had to make a complex decision with many competing priorities and to explain the data that they used to make those decisions. So you wanna draw out real life examples to tie back and determine whether or not they actually have the skill set and have done that before to solve that problem. So when you're taking notes on the candidate's answers, listen for the candidate to provide you information on the situation that they were in, that behavior they personally had to employ to navigate the situation, and the impact of their behavior. This will help you know where to probe for more information if one of those pieces is missing. Pro tip here, situation, behavior, impact is also a well-studied framework for delivering tough feedback. The fourth part of our six-step process is inputs. So, what are inputs? Well, ask the candidate about their inputs or how they have prepared for this role in particular. This could be a variety of different things, experiences, and education, and this is going to give you some clues on where to start in terms of discussing this with the candidate. For example, most candidates, their largest inputs are most likely going to be their past employment or education. However, candidates may have many ways that they feel they've gained experience that is relevant to your posted position that they would like to share. Including life experiences, micro courses, credentials, self taught skills, time in the military. And don't exclude somebody who has taken time off to raise their child. At the end of the day, there are a lot of skills that are learned when you take time off from the professional world to raise a family. Raising a family is certainly a very life changing experience. You develop new skills there that you don't necessarily get in the workplace. And a lot of those skills, believe it or not, are transferable. So don't cut somebody short or not consider them for a role because they took time off to take care of their family and raise kids. Those are very good life experiences that your company very well might be able to benefit from. Now, fifth is gonna be attitude. Our last two sections of the interview are attitude and career fit. Now, we certainly have questions that can help you gauge a candidate's effectiveness for this. However, these are also gonna be areas that you're gonna have to listen to throughout the interview process to determine attitude and career fit. So, attitude, for example, you may be able to gauge the moment a candidate walks into the door, both for better or for worse. In most cases, though, it will likely be more nuanced. And you're gonna have to do some probing and really do active listening and look at body language and all of the above to really determine where does that attitude settle in. You may ask questions around how they've handled feedback in the past, and was there something that they needed to work on to see if they had that personality to persist, or if they took that feedback, kind of crawled into a shell and had hesitations after that, right? So you need to see how they handle feedback. You need to see how they handle challenges. You need to see how they handle adversity and see where that attitude is at. Because at the end of the day, where our mindset is at and where our attitude is at drives a lot of whether or not we're gonna be successful in life. Whether we're the business owner, whether we're a team member, right? So much is tied to mindset. So you, when you're interviewing candidates, really do need to understand what is their attitude towards life? And do they have that attitude of overcoming adversity, pushing through the tough times, and having that mental stamina to push. And then the sixth part to our framework is career fit. Engaging a candidate's career fit is not as cut and dry as you may think. This does not imply that every candidate needs to aim to be your next organizational CEO. And in fact, you probably will have real issues if that were the case. But it is perfectly appropriate for your organization to have a blend of high achievers and strong contributors. What's important to you is ensuring that they are well-placed within their roles and across the organization. So before beginning a search, consider the role you are hiring for. Who do you need for this role? Is it a role where you hope to have a rising star who will develop through the ranks of the company, or would it be beneficial to hire a veteran who likely isn't interested in promoting, but is looking for a stable position that will create retention opportunity? So you really need to decide what the role is that you're hiring for and what you expect out of that person to make sure that you find and bring the right person into your organization. Last but not least, be sure you've considered the type of individual you want so that when you ask your candidate about their two, three, four, five-year plan, whatever you decide to choose a timeline, you can make sure that it aligns with your own. And on the career fit piece, the other thing you want to look for is making sure that the person that you are thinking about hiring, that this is truly a good career fit for them. How does working in your organization benefit their desired career path? Will the time spent working with your organization help their career, give them a new skill set, give them a new layer of foundation? Will it move them along in their professional ladder? So that's something else that you need to ask and answer. Because if it's not a good career fit, you're not doing any favors to them. And on top of that, they may not stick around that long. So you really do need to answer that whole question of career fit. So now that we've covered the interview itself, we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the challenge that can be associated with the logistics of the interview process. Managing interviews can be a feat, and if your team is not well organized, you may lose your best candidates due to wasted time or just a poor candidate experience. Be sure you implement tools and processes that can help deliver smooth and efficient conversations. So there's a few tips and tricks we have here for you before we wrap up for the day. First, schedules. Ensure your schedules are held in advance to help ensure a better experience for both the candidates and for the hiring interviewing team. Identify your evaluation team early and explain their role in the process. Then, as soon as this is complete, block times on their calendars to accommodate the number of interviews needed. This is going to make scheduling the interviews much easier and much less stressful for the interview committee once the times have been confirmed. Block time in advance. To ensure that the evaluation team is able to be fully committed to the process and all distractions are eliminated. The second recommendation we have is going to be templates. Use templates for communicating with candidates when possible, but most importantly, ensure their communication is frequent and transparent. Now, of course, you want to personalize those templates, right? You don't want them to be robotic, cold, or sterile, but if you have to send regular types of correspondences to candidates, template those correspondences so that you're not repeating the work more than once. Now, if you are able to use an applicant tracking system, automate messaging where possible to ensure standardized practices from candidate to candidate. Third, if you're not able to use an applicant tracking system, just ensure there's an individual who's accountable for keeping in touch with each candidate and keeping them updated through the process. So if you are recruiting for a position, you get 20 candidates and you decide to interview five, you still need to let everybody know who doesn't get the job, that they're not going to get the job. We have a responsibility as employers to communicate that back to people. And at the end of the day, that will help your employer branding. If you communicate to whatever candidates are not getting the job and just letting them know, they just want to know, am I moving forward in the process or am I not moving forward in the process? That communication alone can help build a positive brand around you as the employer. Third, the interview packet. It's a great idea to provide an interview packet to each member of the interview committee to ensure they are receiving consistent information about the candidate And who they are. So, if that candidate has submitted resumes, work experiences, anything else, make sure a packet is put together and that everybody has that packet well in advance before they start interviewing that candidate. And, or if you're the only one interviewing the candidate, make sure you do that for yourself. Last but not least, schedule debriefs. Now, at the same time that the interview time blocks are held, hold times and block times for scheduled debriefs with the entire hiring committee as soon as practical once those interviews are done. So if you have a hiring team of three, so this person meets with three people, whether it's all at the same time or different times, however you've structured it, make sure that you are scheduling time to sit down and review the candidates that were met. This is going to help you ensure you provide the hiring committee with active time to complete any necessary paperwork, i.e. interview notes, completing evaluations, updating the applicant tracking system. But it's also going to ensure that you're assessing the candidates as a group and that you are bringing all the ideas, conversations, and feedback to the table at one time to make it as equitable as possible. Now, with these tools to manage the logistics and a well-defined interview framework that you will plan in advance, this is going to be a first critical step to help you hiring the best team possible. So again, we hope you've gotten some good nuggets out of the podcast today as you start getting ready to build your team. And again, if you have any questions, please feel free to email us. We'll be happy to try and answer those questions and give you as much guidance as possible. Until then, we will see you next week. And remember, you got this. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast today. We have a free resource for you. Download our free workbook with the 18 questions that a transitioning entrepreneur to employer needs to ask and answer before making that first hire. The link to your free resource is in the show notes. Last but not least, subscribe to this podcast and give us a review. The more we grow this entrepreneur to employer community, the more we can make sure that Mondays, or any day of the week for that matter, don't suck.